All right, Alexander, let's talk about UK politics. And it looks like the conservatives under the leadership of Rishi Sunak are going to get demolished in the next elections. Um, of course, that means Prime Minister Keir Stauber, right? It does indeed. Now, I have to tell you, there's been an opinion poll in Britain. I don't think this is just an opinion poll. It's been a bit, let's call it an opinion survey, which has come out recently, which is um, what people basically think about the current Conservative government. And it suggests that support for it has halved since 2019 and that it is now facing an electoral wipeout on a scale that no British government has experienced, I think, since the start of the 20th century. I mean, that bad. I mean, it, 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 if you believe this opinion poll, and I, by the way, generally do, I mean, this would eclipse the collapse that, you know, the Conservative government suffered in 1997, the uh, events of the Labour landslide of 1945, what happened previously. I mean, it would be a total electoral implosion. Now, given that this is how British people feel about the Conservatives, it's very difficult to see how we're going to end up with any outcome at the end of this year, which does not have Keir Starmer as the new British Prime Minister. But there is a fundamental problem, because when you look at Keir Starmer and you compare him with Rishi Sunak, they sound the same. <laughs> Their politics are essentially the same. Their policies are barely different from each other. Whenever, Kirsten, uh, whenever uh, uh, Rishi Sunak takes a particular policy line, Keir Starmer quickly adapts and starts to mirror it. And so we will get a new government at the end of this year, or perhaps the beginning of next year, on the basis of a electoral collapse of the Conservatives, which is committed to pursuing essentially the same policies that led to the electoral collapse of the Conservatives. It is an appalling situation. And there was actually a really, for once, a really good article about all of this. I think uh, um, I, either David Frost or Peter Frost, a former Conservative cabinet minister, and he was saying that the, the mood in Britain is becoming increasingly insurrectionary. Um, the reality is that the British are completely unimpressed. I'm not, they're not unimpressed. They actually actively dislike the alternatives that, they are, that are being presented to them. And this is becoming an increasingly dangerous situation because we are seeing a conservative collapse coming without any real enthusiasm or attraction for the Labour alternative. And this is unsustainable. And sooner or later, it is going to lead to a major change, a revolution in the political system. But let, let's, look, let's put all that aside, because that's for the future. Let's ask ourselves, why are the Conservatives doing so badly? Because remember, in 2019, the Conservatives won a big majority. They got 80 seats. The Conservatives won 44% of the vote. 
they seem to be riding high. And they went on riding high well into the summer of 2021. What changed? What created everything to change? It's not difficult. It is Ukraine. It is British policy with respect to Ukraine. It led to a major inflation crisis in Britain. The British call it a cost of living crisis. This is not abated, by the way. It's seen a big surge in interest rates. It's seen an economy that is absolutely stagnant. But even though the connection between our problems and British policy in Ukraine is obvious to me and I know to quite a few people, no important British commentator is prepared to go out onto mainstream media and say it. They all pretend that it's, you know, they always say, you know, they, they list various things that they say uh, are responsible for this Brexit. You know, either, whatever view you want to take about Brexit, Brexit, um, 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 the uncertainties of things in the United States, they then lump in Putin's war in Ukraine as <laughs> if so this is a minor thing. And then they just move on. They never address... The fundamental fact that the biggest single change in global economic relationships was the economic war that the Western powers launched in February 2022 against the world's biggest commodity producer, the biggest producer of oil biggest exporter of oil, the biggest exporter of gas, the biggest food supplier, the biggest supplier of every conceivable thing that you can imagine, uh, a major player in the U European energy system. They never address this. So because, of course, it's forbidden to talk about it. And Starmer, of course, is committed to continuing all of the same thing. If the Conservatives lose as badly as is now almost certain it will be the Zelensky curse again at work and the Starmer administration, which will replace the Sunak administration, is setting itself up to be the, vict the next victim of the Zelensky curse after that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they, the, the collective West uh, media, they can't say that this is Project Ukraine because they'll be labeled immediately as a Putin apologist. So that's that's the last thing that they that they want to be labeled. So they keep this charade going on, uh, even though the rest of Europe seems to be uh, one step ahead of, of the UK as far as the Zelensky curse is concerned. I mean, protests in in um, in Germany taking place. We've had protests uh, in all, all across Europe, it seems. I mean, you have this trucker, you have this uh, this blockade in, in Poland with Ukraine. Um, uh, Germany uh, is contracting, the economy is contracting. This is, this is all a direct result of being defeated by Russia in the economic war. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yes. The, the, the collective West was defeated by Russia in their economic sanctions war. Yes. Period, uh, full stop. That's what happened. And, and they just can't admit it. So so why is the UK? Why does the UK seem to be a step behind, say, other um, European countries when it comes to the protesting and the anger and even the economic results? I mean, I've read various uh, analysis which says that the UK economy is is set to boom in uh, in 2024. It's well positioned 
to 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 rise in uh, 2024. What, what what's going on here? Why is yeah, this happening? Yeah, I mean, this this is this is of course what they're saying. I don't think anybody who really lives in Britain seriously believes that we're in a boom. And in fact, on the contrary, we had a few weeks ago another report from the Bank of England saying that we're looking at a situation of unending stagnation. And bear in mind, government debt is in a very bad situation, and uh, the. To give an example, of, again, of the effect of the Zelensky curse, uh, the City of London, you know, the world's most important financial centre, within a relatively short time ago, it's now contracting. I think it's now from being from being you know first you know the first in the world, and then it became the third in the world. I think it's now the eighteenth in the world, or something. I mean, it's an implosion. I mean, and why has that happened? Because instead of being open for business, which is what the city always was, as I remember, you know, I was worked on the margins of it. It's now closing for business because we are busy engaging in sanctions wars. I mean, we've undermined our position as a global financial centre. I mean, we're not giving insurance, for example, to oil tankers because we worry that, you know, they might be, you know, Carrying Russian oil, trading at more than sixty dollars a barrel. I mean, you know, we're doing that kind of thing to ourselves. So, um, why are we doing this? Why aren't people talking about it? I think the important thing to understand, and I think this is very much a legacy of the Brexit war, and uh, there was that referendum result in twenty sixteen. There was. Corbyn's victory as in the leadership of the Labour Party in 2015. There was the election in 2017 when the Corbyn-led Labour Party seemed about to win power. There was the 2019 election when Boris Johnson won and carried out Brexit. So what has happened is that throughout this entire period, since 2015, 2016, the British establishment has conducted a scorched earth policy in Britain, basically closing down, annihilating all political alternatives to itself. So in the Conservative Party, all the really important Brexiters are now gone, starting with Boris Johnson, but many of the others as well. In the Labour Party, Corbyn has been thrown out essentially of the party, all of his supporters within the leadership have been purged. The Parliamentary Labour Party, basically, there's just about two or three MPs left there who, to some extent, adhere to Corbyn's ideas, but they're marginalised. Um, the various parties that Nigel Farage used to lead, they're all there's been attempts to suppress them as well. The newspapers have been brought further and more tightly under control. And one of the mechanisms that has been used to exert this conformity is the Ukraine war. Because the kind of people who would have been critical once of this policy, who would have raised question marks about it, were people like Corbyn in the Labour Party and people like him in the Labour Party. 
right-wing Brexiters and the Conservative Party who were much more sceptical about some of these adventures. Farage himself and some of the people in the parties that he used to lead. So, but you use Ukraine and the issue of Ukraine to basically marginalise and discredit them, to say these are Putin uh, um, apologists and Putin puppets, push them out of the margins. So you use that to tighten control. And of course, that also means the debate on this whole policy has become impossible. Yeah, what, what about uh, Corbyn, the, the news that he's starting his own party? Is, is that true? Yeah, I think well, he's been Have talking about this and it might even happen. But I'm going to say this, um, in, in the long term, it's something that I don't think it'll be Corbyn, actually. I mean, I think he's too old. I don't think he's politically very effective anymore. But eventually, no doubt, as Peter Frost said, a new political force will appear in Britain. I mean, it has to. I mean, unless there's, you know, we're locked into permanent stagnation. Sooner or later, there will be a new political force. It's not going to happen this year. More likely than not, we have to have a period of Starmer and his government before a, this thing starts to run its, burn itself out. And we're able to see, we get to get to that point where we have a proper de- debate in London. Uh, um, and I'm afraid we have years ahead of us before that happens. And if you come back to the state situation in Europe, by the way, the protests are, st- are spreading. I mean, bo- blockades of the border, Ukraine border, are now spreading to Romania. I mean, you know, their truck is now uh, closing the border with Ukraine in, in Romania as well. Uh, protests in Poland major protests in Germany, sentiment in Germany shifting radically. But you could see again that the political leadership, the political class in Europe is in effect doing exactly the same thing that the British political class is doing, is that they're using Ukraine, the the issue of Ukraine, to justify actions authoritarian actions in order to maintain control. So we've had all the talk about banning the IFDR, for example. And of course, you could already hear people say that the IFDR is a Putinist puppet, that all of these political forces that exist in Europe are ultimately controlled by the Kremlin. And lots of war talk now that the Russians are going to march on Berlin that they're planning in a march on the Baltic states. There's been a paper by the German military talking about how Putin is intending to incite the Russians, the Russian speakers in the Baltic states against the Baltic governments, as if, by the way, Putin even needs to do that, <laughs> given the realities of the Baltic states. But that's a discussion for another time. Um, anyway, all of this... And you can again see, I think people are wrong in thinking, by the way, that this is all intended to prepare some kind of military action by the West against Russia. What it really is all about is about clamping down further on the enemy within the people who want policy to change, not just on Ukraine, but on everything else, too. Yeah. 
I, I wonder when, um, when and if the uh, the people in um, the majority of people in the UK or in Europe are going to wake up to the fact that uh, a lot of this this Putin apologist fear tactic stuff is is really directed at them, the, the citizens, and not so much Russia. Well, it's going to take time. Um, I think in Britain. There is a shift, actually. I think, I think a lot of people are are, are, are very cynical about this. I mean, um, you know, about even about a year ago, you would see lots of Ukrainian flags all over the place. They've all disappeared. I mean, I, I never see them anymore. And I think people have become a lot more sceptical about this. So there is a, there's definitely a shift, but um, not so far to the point where people are prepared to come out and engage in protests and um you know try and force a serious change of direction um and it, it's it's interesting how the ukraine crisis is both the catalyst for economic decline the collapse of governments the discrediting of political leaders zelensky does in some respects but is also the mechanism that the political class is increasingly using in order to justify maintaining its control. Yeah, that is interesting. All right, we will end it there, the Duran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Telegram, Rockfin, and Twitter X. And go to the Duran shop, 50% off. Uh, no, no coupon. No coupon needed. 15% off all T-shirts. Take care.